Okay, welcome to episode 32 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Cinture, Caspi, your mama's house, your baby daddy's house. Tune in. And of course, family, we are on Spotify. So I'm Sean. I'm Nye. What up, y'all? And... Um, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, this week we have a very, very special guest. I know every week we always give a shout out to our super, super producer, Vegas. So he has decided to join us on this episode. Welcome, welcome Vegas. Right. What's up, ladies? We're good. <laughs> We're doing good. We're we, we going to get this together. We're going to get this ball rolling. All right. So now what do we call this episode? <laughs> I'm saying it's Air d d Okay. All right. I want to spend a, uh, send a special shout out to our listeners in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, slang to y'all or whatever y'all say out there. And we see you. So thank you for listening. All right. Getting right into the Ratchet Minute. What we got? Oh, Lord have mercy. All right. So... This is like this this whole time this whole thing this whole next segment is just one of the things that irritates the shit out of me. So I titled this uh ratchet minute um struggle love. <laughs> so recently um pastor John Gray and he's I guess he he's kind of like a, a well-known pastor um earlier this year or earlier last year he was one of the um uh, the group of pastors that met with um with 45 um, mm -hmm. He also was the same one who gave um, Latoya Luckett the uh, advice about moving in the spirit of a wife instead of a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So he's a part of this group of men that just finds it. They just want to tell women how to be women. I, I, it just irritates me to death. So anyway, he was on uh, TV One's The Sister Circle, which is hosted by Silena uh, Johnson, you know, the Grammy Award winning singer. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about his relationship with his wife, uh, Aventura or something like that her name is. She a mall? Okay. <laughs> no, she's not. What's <laughs> her name? No, what is her name? Avenger. Is it Avenger? Avent Aventur or something like that. Aventur. Something, okay. I don't know. A Aventur. 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 I don't know. Something. Okay. okay. Anyway. So Respect anyway, so he was saying that he married a woman that was two sizes too big for him. He had to grow into her and that throughout the course of their marriage, he has, she has endured a lot of pain um, caused by him because he just wasn't ready to be married. He wasn't mm -hmm. ready to be her husband. He wasn't mature enough. And so he said that she has endured more pain birthing him than she has giving birth to their kids. Mm -hmm. <sighs> she sacrificed, according to him, she sacrificed the last eight years uncovering the painful areas of his manhood and covering the areas where that could have exposed him. Mm -hmm. So he's giving advice on how a woman could be there for her husband and, you know, and, and help him mature and grow into the man that he's supposed to be. And at the same time, lifting him up, she's like stifling her growth so that she can be a covering for him. Mm hmm. I just have certain feelings about <laughs> bullshit like this. I know you do. I just, I just have, because, you know, when you are a boy and you are birthed by your mother and your father, it is your mother and your father's job to grow you, to mature you, to give you the tools of life so that you can be a strong man for yourself and for your family and your wife, however you choose to live your life, but you can be a whole person and you not come out into this world broken. 
Okay. It's not your wife's responsibility to fix you. We're not mm-hmm. fixers. We're not mm-hmm. fixers. Okay, so that's my stance on it. I know me and you, you know, it annoys I, I, the hell out of me with shit. I like know that. it does, and I can hear it in your voice. And you know, I love you like cook food. But girl, I have a different way of looking at this. I know I, you do because we, I know we, you do. We are so mm. different. Don't look. Don't come for me. I'm gonna come for you. We gonna we gonna we gonna get this right. So I just heard something different from him. Like what I heard was was he saying was really that. He, in, in the beginning of his marriage, he was inadequate. She was a woman that was two sizes too big for him. So meaning levels. She was whatever was more mature than him. Her heart was more open than he was. She was light years ahead of him when they first started out. And like he said, I had to grow into her. And had she not had the patience and the perseverance to, which, you know, this women, we we're, we naturally have that. We're nurturing, we're mothering. So she stayed when, you know, when times were tough and maybe it was a time when she should have jumped ship, she stayed. And I think that's what he was acknowledging, that she was more of a gift and a and a and a prize for him, so to speak, than he was for her when they first got together. And had he not recognized that, they and had he not recognized that, they would probably not have endured and and been together. But he's coming at a place to me where it's you know it's introspective and saying I I recognize that I put her through a lot of this BS because of these growing pains as a man. And I, and I hear what you're saying that, you know, parents, it, it is your duty to raise these children, but you know, let's not forget that we don't live in a perfect world. So not everyone has those tools. And then, you know, you, you can't give someone something that you don't have. And that's for a parent and myself, I speak as a parent, it's, it goes both ways. I cannot instill and in, into my child what I don't have. So I, I have to do the best of my ability. And that's what every parent out here is, is doing. So, you know, we're all broken in certain areas. Some of us hide it better than others. Some of us, you know, mm-hmm. paint over it and, and put spackle on it and build it up and, you know, put drywall and do all kinds of things to it. But we are all, I think we acknowledge we're all broken in, in certain ways and it comes out in our adult life. So, I really looked at this as a man coming to terms with, you know, I didn't, I was, I was a man child. I didn't put her through some shit and I'm so thankful for her because I, she saw Basically she saw in him what he, what did not come to fruition until later on. That's what I, I got from it. Okay. I, I, have, I know. I have something else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Steven, but I know you do. I want to hear Steven's perspective fire. too. But what really what really gets under my skin is that from from these men, it's, it's always I never hear them talking to other men about how to be better men, how to be better fathers, how to be better husbands. I always hear from them what a woman needs to do in order to, to be better for her man. And that is the message that I just don't like. I don't mm-hmm. like it. You know why? Instead of instead of instead of I don't want to say brainwashing, but I kind of want to say brainwashing. Instead of coming mm-hmm. to these women and saying this is what you need to do in order to heal your men, why don't you speak to men and say this is what you need to do to heal yourself? And I agree with you. I'm not taking away that message, and I would hope that that message is being conveyed. But I think the one that you're hearing is when he comes to the woman. When it's when the this one I th- always hear. I don't ever. I don't ever hear the message about them. And maybe Stephen, you can you can chime in with this. But I never hear the message of when they're talking to other men about what they can do to better themselves. I don't know. Well, Stephen, what do you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, first of all, I don't even know who these people are. So are they white, black? What? No, they're black. They're very black. They're black. 
they're black. He's a he's a um, black pastor. He has a he has a um, reality TV show that he does. I've seen him speak before. I've actually um, there's there's a church that I sometimes frequent. So I've seen him. You know, he takes over for um, uh, Pastor Richardson down here. Every, you know, sometimes I'll go and I'll I'll hear him. You know, just kind of along the lines of that. I mean, it's uplifting. It's it's great. It is Bible based, but I mean, you know, he's very outspoken when it comes to family and relationship and marriage. And, you know, I think he talks about his abuse. He's been abused as a child and and the healing that came from that. So just a little background on him. John Gray. Uh, I think the number one thing is, is not to generalize, you know, what I'm saying, because I know sometimes it can feel like what you're coming in contact with feels a certain way but that's not necessarily representative of all men. Um, I've been in a number of conversations with, with dudes that are right, with dudes that live their life wild, um, that want to be better, but maybe they don't know how. And uh, like Sean mentioned, you know, not everybody had that upbringing where they had the perfect situation to be taught how to be a man. Like for me, example, for, as an example, like my father wasn't around. You know what I'm saying? So you would think that would be something that would be passed on through my father. Um, but my mother was a single mother. She didn't really know how or, or when or even have time to to make sure certain things happen. Now, obviously, there's certain things she did. Um, but I kind of agree with Sean. Um, if not knowing this dude, because I don't, you know, I don't know him. You know, maybe if I saw more on him, then maybe, maybe. Um but that's true. There's a lot of dudes. I know I know a couple of dudes who were like grimy, you know what I'm saying, when it came to dating and relationships and their perspective on women. And when they met that right woman, they felt like mm-hmm. that woman fixed them. But it wasn't it wasn't something that was um I don't know, it, it wasn't like teaching. It was organic, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? The way it happened. It, it's it's an organic, it's a a yin and yang thing is a push right. and, and pull thing where it's it's even, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily her taking him to school or, or nurturing him. It's just let it's just her letting her uh letting him know that she supports him and she feels like, you know, maybe there are ways he can do things differently. You know what I'm saying? And he recognizes that. So maybe dude is just saying, Now I could see how I was and how I don't like that. And mm-hmm. she is responsible for that change. Doesn't mean she had to, you know, breastfeed this nigga, but at the same time, <laughs> because that's, she that's him get better. That's but that is that that's the message that I'm getting from these men is that they want these women to be with them. Like they have this saying in the church being equally yoked, where when you have situations like this with, with John Gray, I mean Gray and his wife, they weren't equally yoked. You know, so why is it her responsibility? And 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 I'm saying she had a choice. She could have stayed or she could have left. But why why is the message always that these women, you know, be there for their man why and give these men space to grow, you know, at the same time, you know, stifling your growth? Why is that always the message? And I, I, under, I, and I, underst- I understand I, that no one no one is perfect and you go into relationships and you learn from the other person. But the, the continual message that I that I'm hearing is that it's these, you know, they're they're kind of, you know, 
teaching these or preaching to these women that you need to be the stepping stone or or whatever for these men in order for these men to grow. And I just I just don't you know, why can't you come to me? Why can't you get yourself together first and come to me as a whole man? Why do I have to be in this relationship of pain to allow you to grow? Yeah, like mm. I, I get what you're saying, because I think what plays a role in it also is the church. And and some there are some rules that mm, the church true. has in regards to marriage and, and relationships that may not govern what I'm feeling, you know what I'm saying, or what I've been through. So they'll preach mm-hmm. something like that, like, yo, support your man, take care of him, blah, blah, blah. So I feel you on well, and it also and yeah, I I definitely agree because that's that's a church thing to me. Like that whole thing about it's they say it's equally yoked, but at the same time, it's it's the woman should be uh which should be sub subsistent or you know subservient to her man. And I have my own idea about that, you know. But how and how? But how can which to me in a in it, it, if it was equally yoked, yes, that's how it's supposed to be. But how can you get behind a man who's so broken and can't, you know, can't direct and move forward and move his family forward because he's so busy and really needs to heal himself? You can't put that burden on that man. And I think for women, you know, women, we are naturally nurturers. So in in a way, it kind of I, I maybe I just I understand it differently because I think if you look at a woman's role and I think look I'm I'm all for gender roles I know some people don't agree with that but I believe that there's a role for a man and a role for a woman otherwise don't call yourself a man and don't call yourself a woman I agree and but one of those things is like he said you know she was she was a covering and you know I I look at a Michelle Obama and I think she is the perfect example and a definition of what a woman is to be a cover to her husband, you know, and it's not, you know, not always stand behind him and not play the background, but she is his ultimate and his biggest supporter if he's doing the right thing and when he's right. doing the right thing. And, that, and that is, that's important. If you're doing the right thing as a, as a woman, and I, I agree with you in having gender roles because I want a man's man. I want somebody who's a provider, who's a protector. I want that. I'm going to be a nurturer, but I'm not going to be a nurturer to a nigga who's out here running the streets and being disrespectful <laughs> And not being a provider, I'm not doing that, and I don't have time for you to grow into that role. You, you, you take your time and do that, but I'm gonna do me over here. And Absolutely. if we come together, and if, and if we can meet together at a certain point, and we're right for each other, we're equally yoked at that point, then we can move forward. But bef- until then, I can't sit around and 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 watch you grow up and help you grow up. That's not my job as a woman. That is your parents' job, and then if they didn't do it, that is your job, not mine. I, and I. I agree. And I don't think anybody said that she had to sit like, I mean, to me, when he was talking, he was he was grateful and thankful to her because she did. She didn't have to stay. And I don't think, you know, any yeah. woman is forced to stay in these positions. I think most women or a lot of women do just because of, like I said, our nature. We are we are nurturers and providers. So we're not, you know, we just like with our children, we're not going to just abandon our kids. And if we see a man that's, you know, we see the good in him sometimes before he even sees the good in him and we want to build him up and want to uplift him. And I think that is, that's that, our, that, sorry. You know, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I want to say that's our job. But I think if you get into that relationship and you know, you look at those vows through, you know, for better or for worse, thick and thin and all this other stuff. But when you, when you really think about it, if you're going to be the cover and you, you know, you're going to do this for the long haul, we all going to have these growing pains. And a lot of times these men come into these relationships and they're undone. They're not cooked through. They ain't, you know, the game plan ain't even a game plan because they haven't mm-hmm. even 
thought about that. They're still trying to get their life right, but they they met someone, and you know, you want to you want to men you know mesh those lives together. But he, you know, he's it's not it's not even, you know. And she, this woman, she realizes the potential in him. That's what we do, you know. We see things before and, he can even see. And it. I think that's what we do as women. That's where we make a mistake. Is we look we at a her. man's potential because what we think their potential is may not be what they think it is. And it's that's, a gamble, right? It's it's, right. A, it's a gamble. And I, maybe I think, I'm, and I'm and I'm talking and I'm coming from a, a woman who is. Of a certain age, I'm over 40. I've been through a, a serious, a long-term serious relationship with somebody who I thought had the potential. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I'm just coming from that perspective. That mm -hmm. um, you know, had I had I, if I had a chance to do it all over again, I'm not saying I would not have been in that relationship, but I would have done a lot of things differently. I I, I respect yeah, that. I think, you can, you can, I think you can also look at you know, like you mentioned with mm -hmm. Michelle Obama and um, Barack, you know, maybe mm -hmm. she saw a potential presidency in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't mean he did or didn't, but sometimes it's it's not as, you know, black and white as it may seem when it comes to um, a potential in someone. Because someone may already be good and great, but maybe they could be more. You know what I'm saying? Right. So Absolutely. I, I, and I agree with that. That's where sometimes you you know you you gotta give some, and it's not just for men. You know, what I'm saying some some men grow up with the right mama, with the right rules and regulations, but they and sometimes you know, that still don't mean shit though. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm saying like they they fall in love with a woman who's not completely together. You know, what I'm saying, and and sometimes maybe they're more nurturing because they didn't have a father around or whatever the case. Um, but I don't think it's always like one side or the other. But with these two individuals, it's tough for me to say, you know, not really knowing their history and just right. going off of what he said. So, yeah, it just it, it just it's, it just it just seems to be a, a continual message of women. We have to be fixers for men. I just never see the flip side of, uh, you know, talking to men about how to better themselves and what you can do to be a better husband and be, you know, a support system for your your you better have. I just never hear those messages. Maybe I'm just not in tune to it, but I don't hear it. I don't do see it. Do you hear those messages, Vegas? Do you do you hear that? You I know, think, where you know men I, supporting other men and in, in in building better relationships. I mean, is that a thing? Yeah, it it is. But what what I'm getting from Nashelle, and I totally agree, is Ooh. it doesn't happen enough. That's the that's the issue, and it's and it's not highlighted when it happens. Mm -hmm. And um, every week, you know what I'm saying, with with younger men, older men, and they talk about everything, how to be a better father, brother, all kinds of things. And you know, I'm just talking about black folk. Um, mm -hmm. But um, it doesn't happen enough, and that's why it seems like it's lopsided. Because I I see it also. I see uh, women being told, like I was at a wedding recently, and um, the pastor, you know, she was giving this long ass sermon i could curse on your show right of course yeah, we, what hello curse on mine so, yeah i don't curse on mine oh you don't but, oh. Um, <laughs> nah, i don't uh but i you know i hear i was at this wedding and, and the pastor was like going in with you know be submissive and you know do this and support him and i just felt like it was all these fucking rules you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That mm -hmm. made it feel like you were giving up something 
when it was more about their union. You know right. what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the problem. I think if society says, you know, women, you know, he wild, but he a man, just be there for him and take exactly. care of him. Exactly. Exactly. That's not true. Exactly. And that's 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 my point. That's my point. Okay. But can we agree that he didn't mean that she was a big girl and that she was too big for him? That's not I what he meant, right? What you were saying, I thought that's what you were saying. I ain't gonna front. I thought she was big when you said <laughs> No, not but in he's physical big size. <laughs> not in physical size, but in maturity. I was like, damn. I was like, damn, he had to fit in two sizes. God damn. I'm like, but as big as he is. Right. <laughs> I know you didn't mean that. I know you didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, he's fat? What? He's I mean, a big boy. You're right. He hefty. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, he's he's, he's husky. <laughs> he's stopping the husky section. <laughs> oh, that means this suit tight around the shoulders. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> all right. Moving. Are we moving on? Where yeah, are we at on. now? All right. So we are now in the woke minute. And this woke minute really just, you know, it, it touched me in, in a way that um, I really took this hard. So with the death of Kim Porter, who I think, as we all know, was... Um, P. Diddy, Diddy, what do we call him now? Diddy, Puff Daddy, um, or his ex-girlfriend and mother of his three children, um, uh, passed away this past Thursday at her home, um, believed it was cardiac arrest. They said that she had been suffering from pneumonia and um, was in contact with her doctor. And, um, you know, sadly, she passed away. So she leaves behind her 20-year-old son, Christian. Um, and twin daughters, a 10 year old, I think they're 11 now, Jesse James and Delilah that she has with Puffy. And then she also has a 27 year old son, Quincy, who she had with Albie Shore. So, um, you know, this just hit me. It hit me really hard. Um, she's a woman that you didn't, you saw sometime in the spotlight, maybe, you know, probably more in like the 2000, like late nineties and early two thousands. Cause she was always with him. Um, and then, you know, she was the long suffering girlfriend to me, you know, she never was the wife. Um, he had, you know, moved on with JLo and, you know, he had that high profile love relationship with her. And then, you know, he's been with Cassie for the last 11 years. And you always saw Kim when you did see her, she was always with her kids. That's one thing that, um, just always, you know, resonated with me was that she was a mother and she was always, you know, was always about her children. I had just saw a um, interview maybe about a week ago where Quincy was in a movie. And, you know, the first thing she said is like, I'm just here to support him. I'm here as a mother and I'm so proud of him. And that's my memory of her. So, um, you know, this, I, I was also listening to Albie Shore who said, funny, I didn't even know that Albie Shore wrote Forever My Lady for Jodeci. And the mm -hmm. first line of the song where it goes, um, so you're having my baby and it means so much to me. He wrote that for Kim because she was pregnant at the time with Quincy. So I just thought that was something I, I didn't even know that was. So I don't know what you all think if you want to weigh in on this. I'm just one of the things that I did want to say. Um, and, you know, now you and I have talked about this on the show before was just, you know, 
some of these, the, the facts have not all come out, but it just sounds like if she was suffering from what was pneumonia or the flu, and she had even said that she had called her doctor the day before she had passed away and complaining that she had not was not getting better, um, how she passed away under a doctor's care. And this just goes back to my, my point of how the healthcare industry does not listen to black women, black folk, but in particular black women, and that we, we suffer, um, you know, more so than white people, than our other counterparts when it comes to our healthcare, because they just don't listen. Um, and I did share my personal story of, you know, where I ended up having a partial colectomy, taking, having my intestines cut out and, you know, all because what I felt like a doctor didn't listen for about 30 days. No one listened to me about how painful, how much pain I was going through until it was, you know, I had to have emergency surgery. So, um, that I want to speak on. I don't know if any, both of you want to weigh in on this. Um, speak some words. Yeah, it's it 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 kind of just um you you sent me a text about it. I had, I didn't you know I hadn't heard about it, but it really just it really took the wind out of me. Um, I guess because you know we see people on on TV who you know who look healthy. Not even on TV, just in general, we see they they look healthy, and when they die. You know, she was she was young. She's 47. So she's, you know, mm -hmm. she's she's my big sister. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. um, that really hit hard because, you know, you know, we all have an expiration date and we all we like to think that it's later versus sooner. Um, and also what really touched me is that, you know, I just keep thinking about her kids um, as a yeah. as a person who lost, you know, I lost my mother when I was in third grade. And it's a pain that never, ever goes away. No, no matter when you mm. lose your mother, whether you're young or you're old, it, it's a pain that never goes away. And, you know, even though she has, you know, her oldest kid is 27. Um, it, that's still that's too young to lose your mother. You know, Absolutely. she has these baby girls that are just going into middle school. You know, they're entering an age where they need their mother. This is a time where they're moving out of, you know, girlhood and moving into adulthood. And this is a time where they need their mother. And, you know, I, I, I pray and I'm pretty sure, you know, there's going to be a strong support system for them, for um, for, for Puffy um, to help raise these girls and help raise the other kids. But it right. just it just touched my heart so much because I just I just know how it feels to be, you know, a motherless child, you know. Mm. It's so mm. painful, you know. I, I, you know, I still cry about it, and it's been over thirty years since my mother passed away. You know, mm -hmm. it's a hurt that never goes away. So, you know, my my thoughts and my prayers are just definitely with this family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt like, um, like I was kind of shocked by it, you know, but I, I didn't know she was, you know, sick for so long, um, and to die like that and to die so young. Uh, the first thing, obviously, I thought about was their family. Um, because, you know, on social media, you know, you see how close they are. You, mm -hmm, know what I'm right. you, you always see pictures of them with the kids and all that. And you, you can tell you can tell they're happy. You know, yeah. you can always mm -hmm. tell when kids are happy um, right. just by looking at them. Um, right. So to know they're losing their mom, um, you know, that's going to be devastating for all of them. Um, obviously, praise go out to, to them and their family. Um uh, but uh, also, I always think about because I've lost people, but I always think about uh, what these things mean. And I think um, for for Diddy in particular, it means that he's there's something about his life that's going to have to change. Yeah, um, mm. because I'm pretty sure she was carrying a load in regards to raising those children. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. it's going to don't you're I mean, you're the father. The onus yeah. is on you. You know, yeah, you have enough money to to have other people chip in and, you know, obviously family and grandma when you can't. Um, 
but he definitely has to be there for all of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll be sure also, because it's funny how he would write yeah. that lyric, but the nigga wasn't in his son's life. Isn't yeah, that crazy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, but, you know, the thing is, it's like, you know, now they took away your anchor. Yeah. So what are you going to do now for your kids? So, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's sad, but, you know, like you said, man, it's, it's a part of life. Some people, some people didn't even make it to 47, so. Mm-hmm. It's all about celebrating her life and the impact she had on her family and individuals around her and people who knew her. And um, I think the fact that she was celebrated um, by people on social media uh, the way she was mm-hmm. says a lot. Yeah, right. it does. Mm-hmm. And everyone had, you know, only good things were said about her. Just, you know, the, the round when you hear the legacy of her life was she was a mother. She was a mother to the core, you know? I remember my grandmother used to say about my mother, she was like, she was born to be a mother. And you look at this woman and she was always with her children. You know, you didn't hear too much of her outside of her being being this mother. And, you know, from what you could see, she was, she did that job superbly. So, you know, rest, rest in peace to her. Yeah. Absolutely. No yeah. All, All right. right. Hmm. Well, we- Move Here on. we go. We are, yeah. The transition is always difficult. I know. I we always talk about at the verge of crying. Right? What'd you say, Vegas? I said, I hope you're not about to start talking about weekend dick after. What? <laughs> that is what we oh, motherfuckers do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we got to lighten this mood up. <laughs> and what a weekend dick we do have to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so who's doing this one? How are we breaking this up? All right, let me. We'll How are we digging this down? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So last week, uh, Jill Scott set Twitter and Instagram and social media ablaze by having a uh, sucking air dick <laughs> one of her <laughs> performances, and everybody was just so shocked that she was. But you know, if you you know if you listen to her music, Jill Scott is very sexual. You know, yeah. Um, so this is nothing new to like people who follow her music and who listen to her who, who are fans, but a lot of people were pretty shocked, I guess, because she has this um this natural aura, and I guess natural women are supposed to be like virgin like. Um, <laughs> but whatever. She, so people think she's so roots and berries, like right, right, and oils and muscles. But roots and berries <laughs> gotta get fertilized, so you know. <laughs> but um, she she did a demonstration that was um pretty thorough it's pretty you know mm-hmm. what you gotta say I mean, <laughs> she was very she was very detailed uh in her technique can i <laughs> why okay. y'all so quiet i'm just you know honestly i'm I, I felt like it was so vanilla and so like she ain't the first to do it i mean mm-hmm. she you know she pretended like she was sucking on a on a microphone and mm-hmm. i you know you thought that was vanilla I really did, honestly. I'm sorry. I my my porn star in the making. That's nothing. What? I mean, but it was. I, I I don't know. I just wasn't. I wasn't impressed. And you know, I think we put. Um, you posted something on our IG page, so everybody go and check our IG with it's TwizPod. But mm-hmm. you know, there was the video of Tina Turner doing that, doing the same thing back in the day. Yeah, she was the. I, I posted that she was. She didn't. She wasn't as graphic as as Jill Scott was. But that was back in another time where you know she probably didn't really have the freedom to do it as graphically as Jill Scott. But 
you know, it has I mean, been done like before. Yeah. It looked the same. And, you know, I mean, truth be told, there's Millie Jackson for all y'all old heads that try to be young. Like, I mean, she was to me like the mother of all of that. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I wasn't impressed. It was just, you know. Okay. Eating the microphone, <laughs> dicking down the microphone, getting, <laughs> getting slapped in your face with a microphone dick. That's what it looked like. What's the big deal? Yeah. She did it. She's not the nicest person either. Like, whenever I think of Jill Scott, because I m- actually met her at one of the, um, or, you know, Essence Festivals, and she was just like real short and curt. Mm-hmm. And just not the nicest person. Yeah, I um, I I supposedly was going to a concert, one of her concerts back in Virginia, and um, and I really expected her to sing, and she didn't sing. She was a host, and they didn't make that clear. <laughs> so oh, I was like, "Tricked you? Did you only one song?" <laughs> bitch was like, "It ain't in my contract." Hey, what is you here for, Vegas? You got any comments? <laughs> yeah, I've seen her perform uh perform before. She didn't do that shit. Um, she did sing. <laughs> Um, but I, like, I, you know, I know her music, so it wasn't like this big shock to me that she was doing that. Um, but I think at first when I saw it, when she was acting like she was sucking the dick, I was like, okay, whatever. It's when she started cuffing the imaginary balls. That I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, this is different. <laughs> yes, Lord. started using the, the two hands and I was like, oh. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, this is not vanilla. And I know a lot of men who would appreciate that technique. <laughs> well, look, look, you got to also understand that there's some niggas who's never had that. Exactly. So what are you talking about? And you got what, to do, what, you got to earn that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some there's some dudes who you know. They, they, wait, wait, wait. What are you talking about, Vegas? What do you mean? There's some dudes that what? There's some dudes no. who. There's some dudes who's with a woman right now who won't suck his dick at all. It's some dudes who, what a woman don't know how to struggle with. Facts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then there's some dudes who've had that, what Jill Scott is doing, and then some, so they the most like, yo, let me where her DMs at. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's different categories of men looking at that video and women, shit, <laughs> who are looking, because there's some women like, oh, you could do that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's a learning experience for everybody. Right, I didn't think it was vanilla at all. I thought it was. I, I honestly, it just I wasn't like super like. Oh, it's, you know, what is she doing? It's like all right, it, it went with the show, and at, and in actuality, they said that that show was back in 2017. So somehow the video, you know, it it, it caught on kind of late because she'd been done done that. So people actually saw that a year ago. Mm-hmm. I, I just I wasn't. I you know I wasn't um. I wasn't really impressed. Here's my question, though, since we're we're on this, we're on Weekend D. I want to know, when is it okay to do that? Because, I mean, Vegas, you just brought up a point. You like, there are some people in these relationships and they don't, they, they don't get head at all. Like, okay, this is, yeah. is this true? I guess this is true. So when is the right time? Is there a right time? I think, I think it's up to the I think it's up to the individuals because I've never dealt with anybody who didn't want to. Um, but some people were, you know, reluctant. I don't know, maybe they felt like they were giving me some form of power or whatever the fuck, you know, like, oh no, I don't I don't do that. And I'm that, like that vibranium. 
Yeah, like, yeah, let me, I don't do that. You can't get that. And I'm like, well, what the Bring the boy that? home. Bring the boy home. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, think, oh it, I think it depends. There's okay. some people out there, you know, they just not ex- as experienced in, in sex as, as others. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Um, I, so, uh-huh, I'm listening. The fact okay. that you call it vanilla says a lot about you. You know what? Calm down because I'm I'm just living my life carefree. I'm just looking at what she's doing and I'm like, she's using a microphone. That's yeah. she's just stimulating uh, simulating something with a with a microphone. Hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. It just didn't like I could see if she had a dude up there for real for real. Like what's the what's the what's the rapper Danny Young or something like, yo, the concert last week, the girl is, he's standing there on stage and the girl literally, literally has his dick in her mouth. Literally. Mm. Giving him head while he's rapping. I, it was the craziest thing. I saw the video on World Star. So, I mean, she's, you know, she got a microphone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think that was like, because wasn't she singing while she was doing it? So I think that was... I, now, if she if she actually pulled a dude on stage and started sucking his dick, then I would be disgusted. Like, all right, dude, you are taking it that, way too far. Yeah, that'd be a totally <laughs> that's different. way too far. Meanwhile, totally me over here, like, yeah, girl. <laughs> nah, that's taking it way too far. But I, you know, I I I appreciated what she did. You know what I'm saying? Because it just shows yeah. that we are we are we're not a uh you know we're multifaceted. You know, you could be wholesome, you could be roots and berry, but you can be sexual as well. And that's how we all got here. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And, and that's what maybe I appreciated the most about it was like, yeah, Jill, like, keep it real. Cause, and yes, I think her music is, it's semi-sexual. Sometimes you, you'll hear it, but I mean, I think, like you said, we, there's so many sides to us, like, absolutely. And she, I mean, she only got it's a microphone. She's only simulating something that she probably does in real life. Kudos to her. I'm over here. And you yes. know, I think it's I think it's more of it was like a, a the the technique of it. People, you know, some people have experienced it. Some people have done it. Some people haven't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you get them jaws exercise, get them massage, and look, mm-hmm. look. There's there's probably a dude out there whose woman didn't do that shit. And saw that video, and that nigga mm-hmm. probably got rewarded because she was like, "Oh shit, I didn't know all of that." And mm-hmm. Now they buying Jill Scott whole discography, so it's mm-hmm. everybody be happy. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So mm-hmm. each one, right. teach one. <laughs> it's the American way. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, where where are we? Moving right along. All right, so we're at the reminisce. I reminisce, I reminisce. 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 (laughs) And so since we have Vegas World Inc. on uh, That's What I'm Saying podcast, we're going to let him take over this reminisce. Uh, uh, Vegas is a huge hip-hop head. He has a podcast Mm -hmm. called Hip Hop Now. So, um, Steven, I'm going to let you take Mm. over. All right, so this this reminisce that I decided to pick is out of 1989. Uh, It's it's from De La Soul. De La Soul's debut album, Three Feet High and Rising, but it's the remix, Buddy, featuring uh, the Native Tongues alumni like Jungle Brothers, Q-Tip, mm-hmm. Only Love, Queen Latifah. They're all in the video. Uh, this was around the time <laughs> where, you know, they were at the height of, of, like, you know, just that whole crew as far as, like, being hot in hip-hop. Um, 
one of my favorite records. I believe it samples Heat Wave, which was a uh, 70s group that kind of dabbled in disco. Um, and uh, kind of, no, matter of fact, no, scratch that. That was That's a different record. Um, but nevertheless, it's, it's heartbeat. That's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But very, very dope track from back in the days, man. I, I love that record. Every time it comes on, it's seven minutes long. It's wow. very long. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's and Chi Ali was in it. Wasn't he killing somebody during that time? I'm just saying. No, oh, that was later. Why you do that? Don't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's free. You better, you better he's, Yeah, he's free now. I, I thought, he, like, did he go to jail, like, right after that? Like, didn't he go to jail? No, I don't think it was right. He was a kid. He was looked like he was, like, a, 12 years old. I think he, that was, like, later. Yeah, okay. like, mid-90s or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but what y'all think about that, that record? <laughs> I, I just let me, wanna, oh sorry. I'm, okay, so let me. I I just want to say that that I remember. I remember where I was. So I was probably like in the um. I was in. I was in high school. Or no, I wasn't. No, I was in middle school. Sorry. But the way they the fashion sense, and that's what I wanted to really talk about. The way that they dress. That was me and everybody I knew. Like that whole you know with the because i think that was a time when the resurgence of like back to africa and you know you you wearing the africa pendant and the ankh earrings and they really caused a resurgence of like kind of like you know wanting to know about black history and in africa so i i always appreciated that and i remember that's how i dress i wanted the club shoes and the club shirt and i you know i wanted the little pieces the earrings and the money love it was so amazing that she had this accent but when she rap she sounded like she was from new york i really love that um just seeing you know the jungle brothers and nate the whole native tongues and how they got together and you know buddy to me was like they said it was it's it's a body like how he prince paul broke it down like it's talking about bodies bodies of all you know shapes and sizes so you know smashing whatever and you know we never really had a word for what was going on back you know we yes having sex or whatever it was but it was like a it was like a cool way to say, you know, we, we we about to we about to get down, you know, two bodies coming together. We about to do something. So um, that's my memory of Buddy. What you say? Nah, man, the whole um, the whole that whole that whole click native tongues. That was like the, the soundtrack of my high school years. Like when I hear like Buddy and Tribe Called Quest and Moni Love and Queen Latifah and all of them, like that is the, the the backdrop to my whole high school years. This song, I swear to God, I probably played it back to back to back to back. And when it came on the video, man, I just, I think I, I put it on my VHS, I taped it and would just watch it. And I, I just loved them so much. These were like my, when I saw them on TV, these were like my friends. That's how we dressed. This, this I just felt like I should have been in that group. I should be in yeah. you know what i'm saying so um i love it i loved it i love them and any and even now when they have like native tongue parties i definitely try to make my way there because it's just off it's like off the whole night it's just just dope the music the whole movement they had was just so super dope mm-hmm. i wish we could bring some of that back like that that feeling that native tongue feeling i wish we had that today yeah look to to piggyback off of what you were saying about um like the african medallions and the way they dress and stuff like that also when you think about that time like late night uh late 80s into the early 90s you know you had spike lee joint 
you know, mm-hmm. on the Cosby show before the, before the raping times. Yeah. Um, or during, or during the, the raping times. Yeah, <laughs> well, raping time. little did we know. Uh, yeah, exactly. You had a different world. You you had a lot of that going on. In, yes. In so yes. it's kind of like and the HBCUs, the, the sweatshirts it, that they had. Exactly. Oh so it, it kind of the music kind of became the soundtrack to some of that in in some respects. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Definitely. Very dope record. It was a very Black dope record. record. You know, definitely, if you're younger and you're listening to this uh, and you don't know what we're talking about, definitely go check it out. Go watch the video on YouTube. It's De La mm-hmm. Soul uh, Buddy Remix out of 1989. Yeah, it's a great time of music. No, no number. Another summer. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. So we are now at the segment of the show where we support a black business so we believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and we desire to build awareness of products that are made for us by us all the fubu that you can handle so today i wanted to highlight a custom designer by the name of kia tomlin she launched a collection of basically it's reimagined sweatsuits back in 2014 um very you know very loose i like the concept of them you know very inspired for the modern woman um She's the namesake, and um, one of the things that people always know her from, she's actually married to the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin. So she's a New Jersey native, and her website, Uptown Sweat Sells, which I believe is very comfortable wear. So shout out to Kia uh, Tomlin. You can find her at kiatomlin.us, www.kiatomlin.us. So just wanted to shout her out. All, All right, right, y'all. All right. All right. And I think, have we, are we at the end? We're Is this the end? <laughs> we have come to the end of this very interesting show. So you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Our Radio, SoundCloud, Speaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, at Twitter. On Twitter handle is That's What I Say 3. Visit That's What I'm Saying, the podcast.com to learn more, send us questions and comments. And also, who are we shouting out that is right here on the show? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We always shout out Vegas World Inc. You can check him out on um, Instagram, on Twitter, and also um, check out his podcast, Hip Hop Now. Thank you, Vegas. No doubt. Peace. Mm-hmm.